0: My dirty secret that I've not had a backup for oh, ten gosh. years of having my own computer. <laughs> <laughs> You're an adult now. I am a grown-up now. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, let's let's just talk about that. Um, that is, yeah, that's my secret. I've been hiding that I haven't had a backup or a proper backup for well, all of my adult life. You you got Dropbox though, right? Yeah, I've got Dropbox. Um, that backs. Do you up keep most?
1: Does that have most of your stuff in it?
0: Yeah, to be fair, that does have, like, the most important stuff. Um, But things like, um, you know, my iTunes music and, uh, you know, some, like, side project stuff that I'm working on is is in a Mm -hmm. a folder outside of Dropbox. That stuff's never backed up, really, unless the the code gets pushed to GitHub sometimes. Right. Uh, Well, and,
1: you know, Dropbox really isn't a backup anyway, except, I guess, to the extent that it's on other Macs that you might have somewhere else, like at work or a second if you, how many Macs do you have
0: uh in the house uh three okay um and i think two of them have dropbox on so my laptop and the mac mini uh in the living room that's got that's got dropbox as well but uh yeah that's not really a proper tr- proper backup because if i delete something on this computer that's just going to disappear from the mac mini anyway
1: right exactly <laughs>
0: um so yeah i finally, finally. signed up to backblaze <laughs> after hearing about it everywhere <laughs> Is it still backing up your machine at this point? No, it's done. Oh yeah? Yeah i um, I kept leaving it overnight. Um, just left left the laptop on, uh, turned up the throttle into you know maximum. Let it do whatever right. it wanted. Um, so yeah, it's taken about three days, but it's all done now.
1: Well, that's good. I have I have over a, over a terabyte backed up on Backblaze on our um, on our iMac because it's got. a a hard drive hanging off of it that has you know all the itunes and photo media on it from you know the whole family so that took a long time when it when it originally did it because our our upload speeds are not nearly as good as download speeds um so it took very long time but it's been years ago now and once once you get that big chunk all the way finished you know it's all incremental after that and it it just kind of does it in the background you don't really notice
0: yeah, it's great. I've got 100, and I think it's taken 146 gig uh, off my MacBook, which is about right. Um, but I'm probably going to pay for it again for the uh, the Mac Mini, uh, which mm-hmm. is in the living room and back up everything that's on there as well. you say like media and photos and things like that, that are all put on there. Because um, I mean, it's like $50 for a year. Um, I think you can save a bit more if you pay for two. Um, but, yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. I, I ended
1: up doing it with both of my two older boys' um, laptops, too, just because, you know, especially with laptops, Time Machine is good, but it, Time Machine can take a while, and sometimes it gets really behind if you're not using your, your laptop a lot, and, and for whatever reason, Backblaze seems to keep keep up a little better, in my experience.
0: Yeah, with, especially like this week where, you know, obviously I've started it, but I'm still using the computer, and, I, you know, I'm changing files and adding stuff, and... You know, I can see it keeping track of all that, and it. You know, I haven't had any errors, no problems at all. Um, there's a couple of weird things with like the the preferences pane. Uh, so initially, I turned it off to to not back up when I was on battery. Mm-hmm. And then I was on battery, and it said your backup is paused. And and I'm thinking, what? You know, why is it paused? Why is it not backing up? But it doesn't kind. Of, it doesn't tell you why it's paused. Um, and you kind of get the pause backup button, but that's actually disabled, or the resume one, because you're doing incremental backup, and it's not immediately obvious why it's been paused.
1: Oh, all right. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's interesting. You know,
0: that's kind of that's my own fault because I turned off back battery backup. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of little weirdnesses, as I say, with the app. But, but you know, other than that, I'm I'm just happy that it's it's all backed up, and you know, I know I'm not going to lose anything. Well now that you've got the you
1: know the, the first backup done I I would think you'd probably be okay backing up on battery I mean it will use some power but it 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 runs in the background pretty seamlessly. I, the best thing about Backblaze for me is that you eventually just forget it's even there. And, it, and every now and then, you know, I'll get there. I think they send a weekly email that says what the status of all your drives is. And it's always, you know, hundred percent backed up. I've never really had, you know, looked at that and thought, Oh no, this hasn't backed up in the last three days. So it pretty much is set it and forget it. Once you get past that initial stage.
0: And what uh, kind of caused me to download it was um, I'd, I'd spent some time sorting out some uh, some albums and stuff in iTunes that that weren't bought from iTunes. So I've got some, uh, you know, uh, I've got like the soundtrack ripped from Grand Theft Auto Three and, and Vice City, I think. Um, you know, with all uh-huh. the radio ads and you know everything from the games and right. I'd kind of spent some time sorting those out and had to make some covers for them because you know covers don't exist for some of them. And then I was like, but if I lose my computer, like, it's all well and good that I've got these files or, you know, I can re-download them again if I needed to. But I was like, I really should just back this up and then I don't have to worry about it. And that was kind of what caused me to go, do you know what, I really should be a grown-up and, and get a backup. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good idea. I mean, I, <clears throat> I use Time Machine too, and I have
1: at times used Super Duper with... um Hard drives dangling off of computers—it's—it's it's kind of a pain when you're dealing with laptops. So I'm not as good about using SuperDuper with those. Uh, I have—we have, we have a, a family iMac, and here's here's one that I'm just waiting for it to die. And I, the good—the good thing is that it, it is backed up. The files are backed up. The you know the content is backed up to Backblaze. But it's one of those. One of those early iMacs that didn't wasn't a Fusion Drive. It had an SSD and a hard drive in it, but they weren't, <clears throat> you know, combined as a single volume using the Fusion Drive system on OS X. So I use that little trick where you can you can make your own Fusion Drive in the terminal, which works fine, except that now SuperDuper won't back up the hard drive, and it gives me all sorts of scary messages about how there's something wrong with my hard drive, but the computer's <laughs> been running perfectly for the last two years since then anyway, but there's no way for me to back it up to, uh, to do like a, a clone drive. Uh, so I'm waiting for something terrible to happen there. Hopefully though, since I've got, um, basically all the media, things like family photos and music and all that stuff is on a separate hard drive, not, not on the, um, not on the machines drive. And all of it is also backed up that hopefully that won't be a problem, but I, it, I am kind of flirting with disaster there a little bit myself.
0: Yeah. So uh, your, your iMac sounds a lot like mine. I, um, I had to replace the hard drive in it. It was kind of out of warranty, and Apple wanted, like, 350 quid to replace it. And uh-huh. So, you know, I ordered a hard drive, and I don't know if you've ever taken an iMac apart. No, it I have is, You took it apart yourself? It's terrifying. I um, know. I, I you got to use suction cups to get the glass off, right? I, I, just, I went and bought a plunger and just used that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and and what I didn't realize at the time was Apple's hard drive actually has, um, it has like a temperature sensor on them, which is proprietary just for the iMacs. Oh. So the new hard (laughs) drive I put in was great, except when you started it up, the computer thought that it was too hot, so the fans would run constantly.
1: Oh, because it doesn't have the uh, sensor on it.
0: Exactly. So then there's an app, which I've run on the iMac, which manages the the fan and the temperature (laughs) because it's and it's just kind of sat there and it works right fine right now and I'm just like I'm just gonna leave it and if it breaks then so be it
1: yeah oh man that does sound kind of scary well I don't know I mean do you are you done with desktop computers because I feel like I'm kind of done with desktop computers
0: um I mean yeah I think so just I mean I've got the Mac mini, but that's more of a kind of home server than, than anything else, um, yeah. You know, that really could be anything to be honest. It could be a Raspberry Pi if I could get it to do what I wanted it to do, um, but yeah, I, I can't see myself buying a desktop computer again because I mean, firstly, like this laptop, I use it at home, but I also take it to work and I, you know, I work from it, um, right? And you know, I guess I could have a separate one at work, which would just be my work computer, but then I've got to worry, like, you know, if I install stuff you know, tools and and all sorts of stuff. I've got to tr- kind of try and keep that in sync or, you know, make sure I do the same stuff at work that I do at home. And it, it would just be too much hassle to have, to have two different computers, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think part of the reason I feel that way is because I'm, I'm, I'm working from so many different locations all the time. I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, and what I don't have, which I would like is to have a large external monitor where I could, you know, if I'm coding or something, I can have, like 25 plus inch screen to kind of look at Xcode on all the time. But I don't have, I don't have that. And I'd like to do that some at some point. At some point. Um, but I do, you know, I'm right now, I'm, I'm recording this from the basement. A lot of times I'm sitting on the couch. Sometimes I'm in a coffee shop. I mean, for me, it just makes a lot of sense to have a, a laptop.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at work, I've got a, a 27 inch Dell uh, monitor as well as uh-huh. a, I guess it's probably 21 inch next to that as well. So I've got two monitors plus the monitor on the on the MacBook. Um, so I have the three three monitor setup when I'm at work, which is great because it's basically a desktop at that point. Um, but then at home, I don't I don't have any monitors or anything like that. I just use the laptop as is. Yeah, well, this
1: is you know kind of leading into what we were t- planning to talk about in a minute. We had another little topic in here, but I think we're going to skip that for the moment. I mean, we were going to talk a little bit about what we what we what, kind, what our setups kind of are and you know how we get things done um and so so what exactly is kind of your home setup versus your work setup when you're working on your macs
0: yeah so my home i mean like right now when i'm recording uh, i've got a desk in in the spare room um with you know with my my microphone arm and you know the microphone and it's got the charger and all, all the cables and stuff up here so what you know this is where i do podcasting with you and um, you know, if I really needed to kind of sit down and properly concentrate, this is where I'd sit. Um, but generally when I'm at home for the most part, I'll just, you know, maybe sit in the living room or, you know, in the dining room or something. Um, I, I don't really have what you'd call a, a proper setup, um, mm-hmm. at home. um, I do in my Lego room, that's where the terrifying dying iMac is. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I use that up there for, you know, watching movies or, you know, listening to music, that kind of stuff um and you know that's on a a big desk um but obviously it's an iMac so it's all kind of built in as one but yeah i I don't use that all too much you know i just
1: thought that maybe you're the
0: guy who was climbing the trump tower
1: in new york the other day since you've got that plunger so you're the guy with the suction cups weren't
0: you oh yeah that was
1: definitely me yeah you saw that didn't you (laughs) i did (laughs) they got over a hundred thousand people on periscope
0: that's amazing i think that's, that's more than the puddle you remember the puddle? Yeah, yeah, I do remember the puddle. Where was that, in <laughs> Bristol or somewhere? Uh, yeah, I think it was somewhere around there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was, for people who don't listen, uh, well, how long ago did we talk about that? Probably six months ago. Uh, yeah, but there was a. It was a rainy day, and I, th- I think it was Bristol.
0: There was a big puddle right near, was it near the, um, I forget, near the underground or something? Yeah, there that was entrance? like a, an underground that you know went underneath a, a main road and... You, oh yeah, you yeah. could it little see little the puddle, puddle from some web agency's office
1: right, right, and so they uh people were having a hard time getting around this puddle, and they started broadcasting it, and it got a lot of <laughs> the whole world was watching the puddle for a while there
0: there we go uh, it was in Newcastle uh just to, oh, Newcastle just to All clarify right. that um yeah, I just checked it was twenty thousand people watched the puddle, so uh the the guy climbing Trump Tower was even more so,
1: yeah, they br- ended up breaking windows to pull the guy inside the building. <clears throat> crazy yeah all right well that that was a little bit of a detour but um (laughs) no it sounds like my setup is kind of similar to yours because um i don't really work from any one particular place in the mornings when i first get up i usually work in the kitchen while i have a little coffee and breakfast at the kitchen table or, or whatever um in the evenings a lot of times i'm on the couch in the in the front room of our house you know when i'm podcasting i'm down here in the basement Um, But I also will work from the local Starbucks or various places in downtown Chicago, which is why I like having my MacBook Pro.
0: Yeah, that definitely sounds like we've kind of got the same thing that like at least, you know, with a MacBook, you can just get up and go and work wherever you want. But, you know, it's nice to add extra things like a nice desk or, you know, for me, monitors at work because, you know, I couldn't work off this, you know, just the one MacBook screen for, you know, 40 hours a week. Yeah, well,
1: and the, I guess the one difference between the way we, the two of us, work is that actually I don't take my MacBook that often downtown. I usually have my iPad Pro with me because during the day, when I can catch a few minutes here and there, when I'm like on taking a, l- a break at lunch or something like that, or I'm on the train, I use my iPad Pro to write for Mac stories usually, uh, because there's just not a big enough chunk of time during the workday to get any programming done. So the MacBook Pro, I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, the iPad Pro is a lot better alternative because it's so much lighter than this fifteen inch um, retina macbook pro,
0: yeah definitely,
1: yeah, so that works out really well for me um what else I was gonna I wanted to ask you too about like
0: um what do you listen to music while you're while you're um doing your work uh yeah, pretty much from the moment I get in well maybe the first half an hour while I'm you know waking up, I don't listen to anything um but yeah, pretty much the whole day I'm listening to music um and generally i don't really care whether it's like you know soundtracks like lyrics you know with without lyrics or you know normal just music with lyrics or anything um i kind of listen to just whatever i feel like it doesn't it tends to not affect me too much even if there's lyrics and things like that so
1: uh-huh how about like stuff you we've already heard versus uh new new music does that make a difference
0: um, not really. I I tend to you know, every now and again I'll go, I'm bored of everything I've got. I'm just gonna, you know, I'll just jump on the iTunes store. normally I just click on like the albums for five pounds and see what's there and I'll just pick something uh-huh. up and you know, I'll listen to that for a few hours and then, you know, jump back to something else. I mean I've got a, a fairly big collection in iTunes anyway. Um so I, I never really run out of stuff to, to listen to or get bored. Still buying music, are you? I'm still, but I don't have a, I don't pay for a streaming
1: service. So yeah, I still
0: buy music.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. I I haven't, I've hardly bought any music in the last two or three years. Um, and it's weird. It's a weird mix because, and it's one reason I'm on Apple music, I guess, is because I've got a big collection from many years of buying. Um, but I also stream and it's nice to have those two things kind of combined in one app. Um, helps a lot. I mean, I know that that's not the only alternative for that kind of thing, but it works pretty well for me. Um, yeah, I, I have, for me, music is kind of, sometimes it's, it's a good thing to have. Sometimes it's not. Um, it's usually, I tend to do better when it's work better when there's not lyrics. Um, and I also, but I'll also do the CGP gray thing and I'll pick one song and I'll listen to it endlessly for hours at a time (laughs) until I just say that's enough. And I throw it out. Uh, and I do that a lot lately. Um, like I will start when I get up at, you know, five in the morning listening to one thing. And it'll be the one thing that I listen to all the way through until I'm done with whatever I'm working on. Because um, it kind of takes me out. of I, I lose track of everything around me, basically. Um, and just focus on what I'm working on when I do that. So it works pretty well. But it also it's a good way to get sick of a lot of songs.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to, not with one song but I will do it with an album sometimes like I will just listen to the same album on repeat for 6-7 hours um, uh, Yeah, I know I've been
1: doing it a lot lately because I'll, I'll, I will I'll I open up Apple Music and I'll start a playlist and, and then 10 minutes later think this song keeps playing over and over and I look, oh yeah, it's because I have it on repeat song <laughs> <laughs> which is becoming a bit of a default which is mm. a little weird but it, it works pretty well for me
0: yeah, and I do, on the mention of, of streaming services, although I don't uh, go out of my way to pay for anything, I, I am a Prime member, so I have Prime Music. Is it called yeah, Prime Music? Yeah, how do you music? like that? Yeah, it's Prime Music. Do you like that? It's all right. I mean, it, you know, the selection is fine. It's it's, uh-huh. it's not really been any better or worse for me than... When I've looked at Spotify or Apple Music, really, but I guess that depends what I'm looking for. Um, but their yeah. app is terrible; it's so yeah. confusing. Um, I, I will use it occasionally if, like, you know, I maybe just want to try out an album, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I just want to maybe listen to something once, but not buy it. I'll just open up Amazon Prime Music and see if it's there. Um, in, and sometimes I'll just listen to stuff on YouTube if I if it doesn't exist in Prime Music because I'm like, oh, I'll just listen to it there; that'd be fine. Uh, yeah. You know, certainly for something I don't necessarily want to buy.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good way to do it. I mean, I I actually have boy, I can't remember the last time I used Amazon Prime Music. Uh, I probably should take more advantage of what's what's offered with Prime, just because. I mean, other than the the shipping stuff, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't really use that much. A little bit of the video. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? That's about it. Yeah,
0: um, Jess uses the uh, the lending library uh, for Kindle. Oh yeah. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's really nice feature. Like she can just go on there, you know, borrow a book and and she reads books really quickly. So yeah, you know, that can get an expensive hobby pretty quickly. Um, for sure. It's kind of buried. It's kind of buried that feature, isn't it? It's, it's really difficult because you can't, you can't browse the, what you can't browse the Amazon site for things that are available in the lending library. You can only do it within a Kindle or on like a Kindle fire and I think on the iPad as well. Mm-hmm. Um so they kind of yeah, make that it a little bit obscure to to get to.
1: Yeah, that was my <clears> recollection <throat> too because I have used that. Um and it it always it always struck me as every time I went to go look for it, it was a little hard to find because you're right, you can't just look up a book and you know normally when you're on Amazon site, you'll it'll show you how much it costs to have it delivered to your house and how much it costs to just buy the Kindle version, but there's no third option for use the lending library, you know, available on the lending library.
0: Yeah. Um, which I mean, as I say, it's fine for somebody like Jess because she reads so many books that you know she uh-huh. can, she can pick any random book, she read it, and you know it should be done in a day anyway, whether it's good or not. Um, but for somebody like me, I maybe want to be more specific about what I'm looking for, and it's just very difficult to search. Right. Yeah, that's what I found too, and it does
1: have it. it it's pretty limited in, ter- in terms of its selection, if I remember at least in terms of kind of popular books. I mean, there's some, but there's Tends to be like book. It, last time I looked, it was very popular books that were very popular maybe five years ago.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, once they're kind of played out in terms of sales. Yeah, so
0: um, I mentioned listening to music on YouTube, which you know it's kind of a weird thing to do. But like I say, if I want to just listen to like one song that I don't have, um, I use that. But it kind of brings me on nicely to something called Bearded Spice, um, uh-huh. which is a very strange name. Um, but this is a, a little Mac menu bar app, and it basically, like when I open a YouTube link, um, it takes over. So the media keys then control the YouTube video. Oh, that's uh, nice. And it doesn't have to be the, the frontmost uh, tab either. Um, so I can open it up, Bearded Spice takes over, and then my media keys will work for that video. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's really great. I mean, it has a huge list of. Uh, sites that it supports. Uh, you know, Amazon Music, Audible, um, you've got uh I don't know, all sorts of stuff on here. Daily Motion, uh Google Music, I think Overcast is on this list. Um you've seen, you know, the web, the website. Uh Pocket Cast is on there. So it has this huge list of uh websites that it will pick up on and control. Mm-hmm. Um so it kind of makes it really nice that I can I don't have to worry about, you know, if somebody comes over to talk to me. I don't have to go oh, let me just find the tab and pause this. I can just use the media keys like normal, and then when I close the YouTube video, it goes back to using iTunes again.
1: Oh, that's nice. What, what if, but what if um, there are multiple things open? Like, what if you have iTunes open and you've got a YouTube video going?
0: Yeah, so what it does so that whatever the first application is that you you open. So for my for me, that's iTunes because that's kind of the first thing that's you know it gets opened when I first get to work. Right. So that's being controlled. But then, you open a YouTube video, and it it will automatically switch to that. Um, uh-huh. But the little the menu bar, you can click on it, and it will give you a list of all the available uh, applications, mm-hmm. or actually tabs, because you can do it over multiple YouTube videos in in multiple tabs. Um, so if I wanted to have a load of videos open, ready to watch later, or, or you know listen to or whatever, I could just switch it back to iTunes, and it would continue controlling iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I mean, I see it's on
1: GitHub, so do you have to compile it yourself, or is there, there like, an installer?
0: Uh, no, there's definitely an installer. Um, I guess on the actual website, there's probably a download link. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a download link at the bottom of the, uh, their actual website, which is beardedspice.github.io. Um... Okay. There's a a download link there. So, yeah, you you don't have to compile it yourself or anything. Um... But I mean this is this is the perfect kind of thing for for open source because if I want to add a site that they don't have um you know I can just go in submit it and they'll add it to the app.
1: Yeah that sounds really neat. I have to check that out. I mean I I could use that um, I could definitely find some uses for that.
0: Yeah this was so- one I I remember somebody telling me about it and and I was a bit skeptical because I'd tried a couple of apps like this before and I'm like there's no way this is going to work well. Um but I've been using it for probably six months or so, and it's been fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that's probably could very easily break, I suppose, with OS
0: updates. But um, so far, so good. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I kind of looked into the code a little bit, and it, it's kind of it's just monitoring applications and and just matching on the apps, and then because they're websites, it's just running JavaScript when you when you do like play, pause, and and rewind and stuff. So,
1: no, oh, I see.
0: You know, and, unless something major changes on the actual website you know it should yeah. continue to work for quite a while.
1: Yeah, no that is good because then it, yeah that makes a lot of sense since it's dealing mainly with websites that makes it a little a little easier I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Huh. Well, what what time of day do you are you uh, best in terms of doing your work? I mean, I'm kind of a morning person myself.
0: Uh yeah, I definitely and as I say, I probably need a good like 20 minutes or so after I get to work to to wake up. Um but you know, I use that time to check on issues and emails and, you know, anything else that might have popped up. Um, But generally, I'm kind of fine. Like, I I don't really have, like, a specific time that I'm, you know, much better doing work with. I mean, obviously, as it gets closer to 5 o'clock, you know, I get get a little bit tired or whatever. But, yeah, generally, I don't don't have a specific time of day that, that seems to work better for me. Yeah, I
1: think morning works well for me for a couple of reasons. Well, I don't know. First of all, I'm just it's it's the time I picked, right? I mean, you can be good at working late at night or you can be good at working in the morning, but I don't think many people can handle doing both and burning it at both ends. But, so it's just kind of the time I picked, um, I suppose. And... Uh, in a way it's kind of helps me because, um, if I'm working early in the morning and I've got to get out the door to get down to the train station at a particular time, it gives me sort of an artificial deadline. It's like, well, get this done, this much done before you walk out the door. So it gives me kind of a, and it's usually about, I don't know what an hour and a half, two hours that I have to get stuff done. Um, so I've got a nice little block and I just kind of crank away and then, and hopefully get, get whatever I'm working on done enough by the time I walk out the door and walk downtown, which is my podcast time is my walk down to the train station, which is about a mile. Um, So it takes a little time and that gives me a little podcast time. And that's a little nice little break. And then I can sit at the, I'll sit at the Starbucks across from the train station. Um, And that's another little chunk where I'll, I'll give my I'll usually have maybe 15 minutes to a half an hour to do a little bit more of this or that. Um, and if I really start getting into something, I, I'll just skip, skip my train and take a later one, and, and just keep working in the train station for a little while. <laughs> so I have a very flexible. I have a very strange morning uh, routine. It's it's uh, very flexible. The good thing is that trains come about every twenty minutes, so it's easy for
0: me to do that and not be like super late. To yeah. Out in town. Um. So, uh, one of the other things we mentioned here, uh, kind of the difference between, you see, you do native development and I do you know web development for the most part yeah um, right i mean you know apart aside from the obvious ones for you obviously you need to be using xcode like the you don't have a choice in that matter right um but but i guess in in general that's that's kind of the the one big tool for for doing native i guess include plus the simulator presumably yeah which is all
1: kind of built in i mean it's a i guess it's a separate app technically but it all you know it's invoked from xcode mm but um yeah it's it, that's the main tool i mean there are other things i use i use sometimes i'll fiddle around in code runner which is a pretty nice mac mm. app it it supports a bunch of different um languages including you know swift and objective c and things like that um and i do that sometimes because sometimes it it, it can be easier On occasion, to just create a little chunk of code and see how it works than to kind of be fiddling around in your main project. It's a little faster, a little easier to iterate on it and come up with something. So I'll use that sometimes. Um, I use Dash, which is a documentation app for viewing all sorts of documentation. So I'll have in there, I've got all the, um, you know, all the Apple documentation in there. It tends to be faster, run faster than running it through Xcode, which is why I do that but you can also do put everything in there from you know javascript to python to even uh cheat sheets for markdown um it it's really you know documentation for any any computer related thing so that that's a really great app and it has a a version that's on iOS as well so that um that's available really wherever i am but there's not a lot more than that i mean obviously safari because you know on stack overflow or other things looking up looking up information that way but Uh, xcode is 99 percent of it really
0: yeah as you say dash is is great just to have all those um the docs, especially for offline as well um you know if you haven't got wi-fi or something but yeah it's really nice like I've, i've set up a keyboard shortcut just to bring it up um i can't remember what they call it i think they call it like visor mode or something where it's not really a proper window it's kind of pops down from the top and i can just hide it and show it with the keyboard shortcut um oh i haven't tried that i should check that out um i mean i'm kind of running out of keyboard shortcuts because you know i have one for uh terminal and a couple of other things <laughs> but i managed yeah. to squeeze one more in for dash um i mean for me most of my day is in php storm um which is mm-hmm. uh, an ide from uh jet uh, they have a few different ides they're all based on the same core uh software but you know for php storm it has php specific stuff but they also have one for like javascript and uh which is called webstorm but those features can also be added to php storm so it's kind of you know an all-round um ide which is is really nice especially for php stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i've always got a terminal window open because i'm running you know uh webpack and gulp scripts and you know things for compiling templates and deploying the site and pushing to github and you know all that kind of stuff so you know terminal well i say terminal i use iterm um, which is a, a terminal okay. replacement but uh yeah for me i mean that's open all the time and obviously that's got keyboard shortcuts so i can you know open it uh, you know hotkey so i can open it immediately um and then i have see chrome open um Obviously, I need that for you know actually looking at what I'm doing, uh, right. and then obviously I have Slack um, and uh, and Tweetbot as well. Um, that's mostly what I'm using uh, kind of every day. It's it, as I say, it's mostly kind of PHP Storm, Terminal, and Chrome. Um, and you know, I'll open up Sublime Text every now and again if I need to. Um, just do some kind of quick editing because PHP Storm can be a little bit slow for for that kind of stuff, um, just because of the amount of work it's doing to try and you know find class definitions and things like that. Yeah. Do you work
1: mainly on projects on your own, or do you end up having to w- working with other teams of people?
0: Yeah. So there's <laughs> um, so at my job there's uh, we've got five developers, um, and we've got kind of probably four or five main projects that we work on. Um, you know, plus client work that comes in and stuff like that. Right. Um, but, you know, the main projects that we, we can all be jumping around between each of those projects at any given time. Um, so we, obviously, those are all on GitHub. Um, and, you know, we, that's pretty much how we manage issues and stuff like that. So, you know, issues and pull requests are all on GitHub. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, generally, we're not working with each other on one specific feature. You know, that, that right. generally just be one of us will do that, um, you know, and then we'll push that to GitHub and somebody else will check it over and we'll have a conversation about it. Um, but, yeah, u- using Git and, and the kind of the branching model, you know, where we branch off to create new features is, you know, works really well for us. Yeah, that's
1: interesting. You know, it's funny because I, I've used GitHub in the past for the development work that I do, but only really um, as a way to have to synchronize projects across multiple Macs. Mm. Uh, It wasn't until I started writing at Mac stories that I started dealing with, you know, commits and pulls and all that stuff and branching because um, that's where it actually became collaborative. When you're working on your own, you don't really need any of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Git really, Git is an entirely different thing if you're just working by yourself. Um, I know I, had, I actually
1: had more to learn than I realized when we started using it for writing, um, and I still feel like not entirely comfortable with it, but our our needs when you 're dealing with um, text documents are are pretty pretty uh, pretty you know basic so it 's not too bad. Um, a couple of other things that I use sometimes are uh, patterns, which is a nice mac app that 's on the app store. Patterns is just a kind of a regex tool, and you can test out basically you can create regular expressions and then test them out in it. Uh, and, and it'll show you how it's, how the matching is working. So it's a good way if you're dealing with strings and stuff to kind of test out stuff before
0: you put it in your project. Oh my God. How um, did I not know about this? Uh, you should check it out. I'm, I'm sure you do a fair amount of that kind of stuff, right? Well, yeah, if I have to do regex, I'd only just kind of sit under my desk and cry, but yeah, I, I do have yeah. to do it every now and again.
1: Well, that's why, I, that's why I got this app because I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how regex works. It's, it's, too complicated for me but the, what's nice is as you, you can see it's just it's really just um two panes you can create your regular expression at the top and then you can uh it'll show you what how it works and it has different languages that it supports it's got php and python and Perl and ruby and javascript and objective c all these things in here so it's pretty nice um i use paint paint code and sketch a little bit too that's you know more for for um, assets in, a, in an app um, those are two things i need to really drill down on and and and, and learn a little better though um, they're both really powerful tools you know sketch is really just a vector drawing app and paint code lets you turn vectors into into actual code so you're running you're, you're creating images with with your with your code so um something i'd definitely like to do a little more of just for efficiency's sake
0: sure yeah um I don't really think there's any other apps that I use for for working but but one that I've really really like is uh, Renamer. Um this has been around for years now but the the, the newest version version 5 um, is really what? great for for renaming files.
1: Are you talking like there's one it's called Better App Renamer? Or are you talking something out? There's oh no no I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a Better Finder Rename 10. That's another
0: app uh, okay. that's like that it sounds like. Um but yeah Renamer is one that I've been using for uh, i I think i maybe I've used maybe version three or, or possibly an early version of four um but yeah the latest version is great i mean it's got you know all the stuff you'd expect find and replace and you know uh you can do metadata stuff and music and photos um it's it's really powerful you can kind of set up uh workflows for doing specific things you can kind of chain all the all the uh renaming stuff together.
1: Okay, so do you do that mainly for things like
0: photos and music and that kind of thing, or do you also use it for some of your work? Projects? Uh, no, I don't really use it for anything for work. Um, it's mostly just kind of personal stuff. But it's as you say, like uh, you know, uh, photos and, and music and, and things that kind of need batch renaming. Um, you know, it's it's just a, a really powerful app for for doing stuff like that.
1: Oh, all right. Have you um? Here's one. Have you have you tried Rocket yet? Which is a a way to do. Emoji on your Mac—the um, way it works in Slack, but anywhere in any text field, you just hit, you know, colon and then the name, and it'll it'll pop up. It's a menu bar app.
0: Uh, yeah, I have seen this. Um, I didn't download it because I have an Alfred workflow for uh, emojis. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, I, I say it's a workflow. It's actually using their snippet functionality, um, uh-huh. so I can just type uh, S and a space, and then I can search for the emoji. Um, so that's generally how I do it. Um, just because I'm not not very good at remembering the names of the emojis, so the search is kind of useful to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, the one that you're describing, where you you just kind of do the colon and start typing, is it re- looks really nice.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool app. It's still a little rough around the edges, but it's been updated quite a few times. And there's, a, you know, it's free. But then there's also if you pay, um, you can then do custom gifs, gifs and images, and custom emoji. Um, I, I I realize that custom emoji are a thing on Slack. I have no idea what that's all about. I've never used any of that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm all t- I'm too all business on Slack these days.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, the custom emoji is. is uh are they i don't I guess they're not really emoji they're just like custom icons basically um right but like we have one um for Devs Do design our pub hack team um we can type colon d d um and it will do the little Devs Do design logo in slack um, oh okay which you know it's kind of just an in joke when one of the developers tries to come, you know one of us tries to come up with a design for something um, <laughs> Right. you know somebody else laughs at it um so yeah they're basically just like custom little icons but you can add you know animated uh, emoji i guess you know they're just gifs but they you know they'll show up as emoji in slack
1: yeah I, I, I wonder what it is about developers and design it it seems like that it's it's an impossibility for there are not very many developers that are even half decent at design
0: no there are a few um but yeah not many um I don't know what it is. I think I, I just look at a problem and I don't care what it looks like. I just want to solve the problem. Um, I, don't, I don't think I can get past that mindset.
1: Yeah, no, even even when I think I've done a really good job, i like show it to Frank and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here's something better. Here's something much better
0: yeah that's happened to me a few times you know i'm pretty happy with what i've done and you show it to a designer and then you're like oh never mind i tried (laughs) it's
1: like oh yeah that is a lot nicer Mine looks
0: like a two-year-old did it oh so um was there anything else you wanted to mention about that i think we've probably covered most of it yeah i think so i think so Cool. Um, should we should we wrap it up for this week? Unless there was anything yeah, else. Yeah, I
1: think we should. I mean, we should talk a little bit. I guess we should talk about schedule because we're actually recording this a little early, but we're going to put it out in the normal schedule, so everybody will hear, hear this the normal in the normal slot. Oh, eight days from when we're recording, we're doing that because I'm going off to California for a few days, drop my son off at college um, next weekend, and so it's just easier to talk today. And we've got a couple, um, you know, I don't know, we've got some things coming up. I'm going to be on Mac power users by the time this comes out. Um, that, uh, that, that episode should be released. And I talk a lot about, oh, origin stories, both, um, doing development as well as writing at Mac stories and the tools I use that sort of thing. Um, and, and talk a little bit about how people can get started with programming. um,
0: and I guess that's about it. Is there anything else, Rob, that we should mention to people? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. So we're going. People are going to get double John Voorhees this week. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> all John, all and all
0: John all the time, I guess. <laughs> Worldwide, twenty-four-seven.
1: Right. I'll, meanwhile, I'll just be you know going through California. I guess I don't know.
0: Well, enjoy your uh, few days in California. Um, I'm sure yeah, it should nice be way. nice. Um, yeah, and we'll. I will. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. All right. Switch off.